Hey, Panther Pedigree fans, this is Big P coming back at you. It's been a little bit since we've been together, but our Panthers have been really busy. Let's get after it. Welcome back to Panther Pedigree, the ultimate fan podcast for everything related to the Carolina Panthers. Join us as we dive deep into the latest news analysis about insights about the team. Whether you're a diehard Panther fan or you're just getting started with the team, we've got you covered. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and like and subscribe to our videos like this one right here. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, be sure to follow us, rate, and review. You can also find us on social media at Panther Pedigree on Twitter and Instagram. And search for us on Facebook at Panther Pedigree Podcast. Now let's talk some Panthers. All right, guys, we're back in full effect, ready to get it going. So we've had some big news lately since uh, we've done our last show. And the big news is we had a big trade to send us to the top of the draft order in the 2023 NFL draft. And that trade did come with a little bit of controversy. All right, so let's go over what we got. We got the number one overall draft pick from the Chicago Bears. Now let's talk about what we had to give up. We had to give up the nine overall pick, which effectively is a pick swap for our number one pick. The second overall, second round pick, pick 61 from the 49ers that we received in the Christian McCaffrey trade. In 2024, we're giving up our first round pick. 2025, we're giving up a second round pick. Now here's what got Panther Nation all in a bind. We're also giving up wide receiver DJ Moore. And that was a tough one to swallow. I'm not going to lie to you because DJ Moore has been one of our more productive players through the entire quarterback carousel, beginning with Cam Newton. Uh, he's caught passes from at least eight quarterbacks that I can think of that has played for, uh, for the Panthers. So that one's been difficult. He is uh, he was at the that highlight play with him and uh, Mr. Philip P.J. Walker. Uh, against the Atlanta Falcons when they the miracle passed and T, uh, DJ took off his helmet and unfortunately sent us to overtime because Ed, um, Eddie Pinheiro missed the kick and uh, in regulation and in overtime, and the Falcons went down and, and they kicked the field goal and it effectively won the game. But that aside, let's, let's talk about what, what we have here for the, for the trade. Now, the important thing to remember is that the Chicago Bears wanted three first rounds. That was the rumor coming out of uh, Bears train, the, the Bears facility. And we really only gave up two first rounds, if you consider the pick swap. Obviously, DJ Moore, uh, that's a big piece. So is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, I mean, when you look at our wide receiver core that's left, we have Terrace Marshall Jr., who has underperformed uh, per his position that we drafted him in, I believe, in the second round. Uh, he did come in his first year. He will, had been injured, and he has dealt with injuries on and off uh, throughout his Panthers tenure, which is neither here nor there. I mean, I don't, I don't think we can label him injury plagued yet. We're just a little concerned at this point. We picked up Lavisca Chenault from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's been kind of a you know he's a light, little bit of a lightning rod. More of a they, they've used him in more of a gadget way in that in the the previous offense, bubble screens. Um, jet sweeps, things like that. Uh, he, you know, he, he, it feels like he might have something in the tank. And then Shy Smith, who I believe went into last season as our, our wide receiver three and just really didn't perform as well as we would like. So 
we have a pretty empty wide receiver room when you consider losing DJ Moore. Now, it really does feel like we must address this position, but I don't think we have to rush it. And I think, and I'm going to explain to you my logic. We are about to address the biggest need on our team since Cam Newton version one, he left us. And we're about to draft a quarterback at the top of the draft. And I'm a big proponent of saying that as much as I want to address every single need that we have, you're not going to be able to address every need wholesale. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to band-aid a little bit. And I believe this is going to be a season where you'll receive, you'll see our wide receiver. We'll, we'll dress some guys. You know, we may add a veteran. We're probably going to add a guy through the draft. I mean, obviously, the three guys that are already in the roster are going to participate. And we're going to have to kind of band-aid that position until we can identify a clear-cut number one. Because, A, it's going to have to fit up underneath the cap, and, B, the, the guy is going to want to have to come here. And as of this recording, Adam Thielen had a visit today in Carolina and haven't heard anything of how it panned out so far. But we'll see. Now, on the flip side, cap space. Well, Carolina, for the 2023 season, is going to eat about $14 million in dead money from the DJ Moore uh, contract. But the big number is next year in 2024, he was due to make $20.2 million, and that's going to be put on Chicago's books entirely. So that's going to free up us for next year as we begin to really pull this cap number in, in, into check. And you're going to ask, why is that important? And I'll do an entire cap show eventually. Um, but this is important because you need to make sure that you pair your wide receiver with a quarterback. And they have time to grow. And the, the advantage of having them have time to grow is that if you grab them both as rookies or, you know, within one year of each other, a couple years of each other, you're, they're both going to be on rookie deals for the next few years, which means you're not overpaying in that position. Now, ideally, you want to grow these both positions and have to pay them. But the guy you're going to choose to pay first is going to be the quarterback. And you're probably going to be you in a healthy team. You're going to be in this wide receiver you know, where you're getting these guys, you're getting them trained up, you know, when free agency comes around for them, if they're if they're you know, a generational player, you're going to keep them on your roster. But if they're a guy that you feel like you can replace, then you're going to replace them with the next rookie contract. So that's important. Now, I don't want to understate because DJ Moore is a dynamic player. I mean, arguably one of the best yards after contact players in the NFL and unheralded because Carolina is a mid-market team and we don't get all the press that your New Yorks and your LAs and so on and so forth get. But DJ Moore is as good is every bit as good of, of a number one as you could ask for. Is he elite? Mm, remains to be seen. And I think what's held him back is that he's had a lot of lot of turnover at the quarterback position. So we will see what he uh, what he's able to add to the wide receiving core and particularly to Mr. Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields is not an elite passer by any stretch of the imagination. He did turn on and have some really dynamic moments where you, a lot of that was used. Um, his feet were used. So we'll see what that turns into uh, as, as DJ Moore's career continues in Chicago. Now, the, ru the rumors are in this, in this particular uh, trade is that Carolina might be interested in moving up. Uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because if you're going to put all the assets into trading the number one, unless you're coming at me with a gangbusters deal that pretty much doubled what I get, had to give up to get up to the number one, I'm probably not going to move on it. And I don't think Scott Fitter is doing that either. Will they entertain, you know, trade talks? Yeah, because some idiot's going to call them and go, you know, I'll offer you, you know, I'll offer you a bag and we may take it. 
as long as we don't have to move back too far. I mean, obviously, we're doing this so that we can get our franchise quarterback, so that we can get a new quarterback paired with a brand-new coach so that they can be together for a while in a very weak NFC South and a mediocre NFC altogether. So this is the time to get good and get good quickly and get good from foundationally so that you guys build together and then are you're able to establish dominance in frequent playoff appearances over the next five, seven, even hopefully 10 years. So that's kind of where we stand right there. That, that, that trade really kind of took off. Now, this was at the beginning of free agency, and man, has Carolina ever been busy. I mean, we, we actually, this is probably the, the busiest free agent period that I can tell you in recent history. And a lot of it is because I feel like we're plugging holes that we truly, truly need to plug. I mean, and, and that is, that's a big deal because there's one thing, you know, grabbing, you know, some, some players to, you know, help fill out your roster. But then there's another thing when you're grabbing players with the purpose of filling actual holes that you have, because I feel like in the past, we've been stuck in that purgatory of, just kind of going, you know, we're going we're gonna to grab this guy, maybe upgrade this position a little bit, you know, so on and so forth. So we started off free agency by snagging Shy Tuttle. Uh, he is a six foot three hundred, six foot three, three hundred and thirty pound D tackle. That is, it looks like he's going to be solidifying the interior of that new three four uh, defense that uh, Ejiro Evero is going to be running. Now this is pretty exciting because. He in the I think it would be in the he's a he's familiar with the three four he's a he's gonna he's his big pieces he's a big run stopper so you're gonna be able to take advantage of this big man in the middle and you put him in a good position he'll be able to like you know he's gonna do well the next piece we addressed is safety now the Bengals have lost two of their safeties Jesse uh, Jesse Bates and then now Von Bell to us uh, we got Von Bell who is a uh safety and he you know he is a big hitter and i'm going to tell you right now what this does is it really does define the role for somebody and that's going to be jeremy chin because it looks like jeremy chin is going to be being put in the position where i believe he's going to be the most successful and he's going to be playing down in the box as a linebacker or maybe i mean he could probably be playing some hybrid stuff but i believe his best ball was played as linebacker his coverage skills are okay i mean there wasn't anything to write home about he did get burned a couple times but Nothing crazy. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna be upset with what he's done. But Jeremy Chin, I believe, is going to do a lot better in that in that linebacker spot than you know playing safety full time. Uh, the next thing we did was the the piece that I'm so glad we need we moved, we made. One of the biggest surprises last year was how well um I what I believe our poorest position group had been, which is our offensive line, and we brought in Austin Corbett. From the St. Louis, I'm sorry, St. Louis Rams. I got to get over that one, man. It's been a few years since I've been out there. From the L.A. Rams, and then we brought in uh, Bradley Bozeman from the uh, Ravens. So Bradley Bozeman took over at center a couple games in because I believe it was Pat Fline uh, had the position. He got he got injured, and then uh, Bradley Bozeman took over like two, game two or game three. And man, did he ever solidify that offensive line? I mean, it went from literally one of our weakest posi- uh, position groups to the probably one of the best and consistent performing position group. That offensive line was solidified and really held intact by Bradley Bozeman. And bringing him back was a big deal. And the funny thing about it is his wife, Nikki Bozeman, is always posting, talking about you know how much they enjoy their time in Carolina, which I honestly think she was plugging to be able to stay in Carolina. And, I, and they got their wish. And, and we're honestly thankful to have him because that's a position that you definitely want stabilized sooner rather than later. 
Now, in a move that I we knew we had to happen, he didn't know where we were going to go with this one, and it became uh, apparent the night before the move because Sam Darnold was signed by the San Francisco 49ers on a one-year deal. But we had to get our veteran backup for the the rookie who we're going to draft. I'm telling you right now, dollars to donuts. We're going to draft a rookie quarterback, and we we brought in Andy Dalton uh, for, of the Saint of the Saints by well at, from the Bengals by way of the Saints, and um and what we did was we brought him in as our veteran presence in that quarterback room. I think this is a great move. Uh, Andy Dalton is serviceable, and I think the most important thing is that Andy Dalton understands his role. His role is to come in serve as a mentor, potentially make a start or two at the beginning of the season if we uh, if we if if the rookie isn't ready. But at the end of the day, his job is to go, listen, I'm here to hand over the torch when the rookie is ready to go. And I'm going to tell you that's exactly how it's going to work out. Um, Andy Dalton, he actually played very, you know, he admirably in New Orleans. It wasn't like he burned up the world or anything. Led them to the same 7-10 and 10 record that we had. Uh, last year, uh, him and Jameis kind of battled. I think Jameis started off the season and Jameis got hurt and then Andy took over. And then when Jameis was healthy, Jameis kind of got into his, his feelings because he thought it was his job. And Andy was playing well enough not to lose the job. And the Saints were just, you know, mediocre at best, you know, kind of subpar like we were. So, um, so that, I mean, that's a decent ad. And I think it'll probably be one of the better backup quarterbacks in our in the league considering that you know he's a he's got playoff experience he's been a starter in the league and he's any he, i mean i think at one point the, he led the Bengals to six straight playoff appearances i don't think they won any of them but you know he he, he helped lead him there now i've been banging my, my fist and as we all get to know each other i am a big football fan and i'm actually i'm obviously a carolina panthers fan but the thing is this guy, oh gosh, wrong side. This guy, Greg Olson, is one of my favorite players, one of my favorite Panthers of all time. And since he left, uh, we have not had any stability at that tight end position. Matter of fact, we've been darn near dreadful. Uh, we spent a draft pick on the position grabbing Tommy Tremble, who's more of a road grader. He's going to help you out in the road in the run game. He's going to go and just lay a dude out. I mean, I mean, he can catch a little bit, but it's not natural for him. You can see him as he's going out on routes and he's double catching the ball and whatnot, and he'll bring in a couple. But, man, he's not that natural pass-catching tight end that you need. So we went out and we went to uh, – and we knocked on Cincinnati's door again, and we took another one of their players. We got Hayden Hurst who is a, and I, I would say is a major upgrade at this position, considering Ian Thomas is, you know, he got to work with Greg Olson and got the, you know, to learn from that, that man. And this really hasn't caught on. He really hasn't stepped out and shined in that position. And then a the, couple years ago, we went and picked up Dan Arnold and, you know, we ended up with some secondary injury issues and then ended up making a crazy move to move Dan Arnold as a part of a trade to Jacksonville, you know, to pick up CJ Henderson, who has majorly underperformed since he's been with us. So it's been a little bit of a roller coaster trying to get this uh, this tight end position solidified. Next up, we picked up uh, another defensive tackle, uh, Deshaun Williams. And he comes to us from the Denver Broncos. So obviously, Ajiro Evero is very familiar with this young this man. And he's going to end up bringing some depth to that D-line. I mean, we are at, we can actually see the commitment to transitioning into the 3-4 defense. You know, obviously bringing in safety help, dropping chin to the box, bringing in a natural, you know, nose tackle, and then obviously adding to the depth of that D-line because, I mean, Derek Brown has played out of his mind, but he's going to need some help. And then if you can get that, that whole thing going, man, that defense is going to be scary. 
the biggest thing right now is making sure that we can um, get get right with some of these injuries that are cornerbacks between uh, Djax and uh, our man J.C. Horn, trying to get them healthy so that they're ready to rock and roll come the, the opening of the season. And hopefully they're able to participate in most, if not all, of the OTAs coming up. All right. Here's the one that got me. Because I've been one to believe that, you know, the running back is an important position, but man, have we ever overpaid for it. And I mean, it, and again, we had, in my opinion, the most dynamic play playmaker in the league in Christian McCaffrey, but man, we were paying that man a whole lot of money. Um, we picked up Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, that is a big time pickup. And that was kind of unexpected. To me, it's a little bit of a luxury item because it's not, you, you don't need a, a super, you know, super running back. I mean, he, this guy's probably, he's good. I think he is top, top 10 in the, in the NFL. And he's definitely road graded. I mean, he understands he's been to the playoffs Super Bowl recently. So this is another move where I can tell you this is they're catering to bringing on a rookie run, a rookie quarterback. Um, so the two best friends of a rookie quarterback is going to be his tight end and then a running back that can run as well as catch. And Miles Sanders is every bit of a dynamic running back. I'm not going to lie to you. As a matter of fact, he he uh he ran for 1269 yards and he as a as a rookie he caught 50 passes uh for uh for 509 yards and and three touchdowns so the the man knows what he's doing and we add that on to Chuba Hubbard and it looks like we're still in conversation with Dante Foreman so it looks like if we can bring Dante Foreman we'll have Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard man is that one hell of a three-headed monster in the backfield that's exciting that is really exciting so we are we are doing some some damage when it comes to the the putting this team together. I mean there is there is some things happening and we're we're bringing some things along that really make you know you believe that that we're that we're you know we're going for the gusto. We're we're really trying to bring this thing in the line. I'm pretty excited uh because when you look at what we're doing, we are bringing in positions that honestly we really need, right? Like and you and you look at it and you can see that we're trying to build out the offense. Yes, we got rid of one of our one of the premier uh pass catchers in the league. But again, I'm going to say it again as much as I love DJ Moore, DJ Moore, I love you and I miss you. Um but he's he's not elite, right? He's not you're not giving up an elite talent. You're giving up your number 1, right? But I believe what you'll see us do is we're going to pick up effectively what will end up being we'll have a room full of twos and a couple of tweeners, right? Like a guy that can play, you know, is a, a high end three, low end two. So we'll have a couple of those guys, and that's what's going to comprise that our wide receiver room. And then we're going to be looking to pick up a backup, I mean, um, a veteran presence in that room. So an Adam Thielen would actually work nice in our system. And it's pretty exciting to see how, to see how, that's, how that's going to come through. Now, what we have up, uh, up on deck now is we're really looking to see what the rest of free agency hold, because as it sits right now, we are roughly six and a half weeks away from the NFL draft. Um, actually, we're just over six weeks from the NFL draft because it begins on a Thursday night. And the round one's on a Thursday night, then I think they do round two, and then you know so on and so forth. So at this point, what we're looking to do is we're looking to kind of figure out what this looks like over the next few weeks. What are they going to do? And... My, here's here's what I believe has to happen. You're going to see us continue to solidify the defense. 
I really anticipate that we're going to go try to make a move on another cornerback because there is really no guarantee that uh, Dante Jackson is going to be ready for, ready to go. And Achilles is a very tricky injury, and it's you really need to take the time to let it heal. And most guys don't see themselves back to what they would consider a competitive place for about you know 365 days, one year. So that's really concerning. You also want to protect that room because J.C. Moore, this is the second season that he's gone out with some kind of injury. Obviously, this one was a little bit of a freak accident. You know, he got himself caught up on a tackle and he, and he got his arm broken. And that, that you know, really kind of changed the course of how our defense was playing because, you know, quarterbacks were honestly scared to throw J.C.'s way. And it was, it, I mean, and, and that's the darn truth. I mean, you know, J.C. was holding his own. CJ, a little bit of a liability, but JC is definitely doing holding his own. And if you can get CJ and Dante back, that's where I think we're, we're going to see a lot of difference here. So I believe we're going to be making moves to 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 get, you know, to get that that cornerback room locked up. And so the next piece on that, well, what we'll be looking to do, I truly think that we're going to see us look to identify a couple of depth pieces for the offensive line, because today we found out that we released Pat F line who is a, you know, as a starter, scared the heck out of me. But, you know, as a quality depth piece, that's fine. If I know that we have the depth, that's good. And obviously with Austin Corbett tearing his ACL in week 18, that's not optimal. So we are going to have to go out and continue to build out this offensive line. So I believe the next couple moves you're going to see us make are a cornerback and a, 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 sorry, a cornerback and an offensive tackle. Uh, offensive guard, offensive like offensive guard in that in that neighborhood, and you may even see us sign as, as much as two. The next piece, obviously, we're gonna have to fill out that wide receiver room, like we were talking about earlier. You're gonna want to identify, like I said, a couple of twos and a high end three, low end two. And I think you add three pieces to that wide receiver room, and maybe a, a fourth, um, just to kind of you know push everybody to, so that you know you're gonna end up bringing five, maybe six receivers into the season. So that's that's kind of where I, I, I feel that we sit with this. Now, I think that catches us up on all the most recent news. And so next we're going to be covering um, the next mock draft that we're going to be holding here. And that's going to be coming up, uh, I would say, and I'm looking to get that one out on Friday. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at where we sit in the NFL draft. And I'm going to run the the first 10 picks like we did before and then we're going to run a full seven rounder and we're going to kind of and we're going to go over that one break that one down the other things that you're going to see coming up we're going to be doing some player profiles on the top quarterbacks obviously because we want to we want to kind of you know run down where we stand you know where does cj stroud stand where does bryce young stand where does will levis stand and then where does anthony richardson stand and we'll kind of give our our best opinion on that to see exactly where we sit uh, when it comes to, when it when it comes to who do you think we're going to take at the top of the draft? Now, if you've watched this before, I always uh, there's always a call to action. So now that we have the number one pick in the draft, and we've given up DJ Moore, comment in this video below. What do you think our next biggest need is? What do you think? What would you like to see our Carolina Panthers do? What what move do you want to see us make? Because I want to hear back from you. And also, what are we going to be looking to do is I'm going to be looking to give some shout outs to people who are some frequent responders on, on our posts and so on and so forth. And as always, we're going to be putting this as well, not on just not on just YouTube, but we're going to be putting on your favorite podcast platform as well. So I've come to the end here and, it you know, it's been a great show. And 
as you can tell, I'm I'm going to be running this alone for a little bit, and see how I see how I can I can you know go go from there. Maybe bringing in the the co-host back in a little bit, but he's got some things going on, and I'm looking to be doing some uh some interviews. So pay attention to those. Those will be coming up as we get closer to big events like the draft and so on and so forth. See who I can get a hold of. See who I can make get to make appearances. So end of the show came in just under 25 minutes. Hopefully that's a, a good a good number for you to get you fully updated and get Panther Pedigree rolling again. So I'm gonna I'm gonna thank everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much. I we want to be your go-to podcast for all things Carolina Panthers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope you learned something new about this team. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And so you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to show us some love by liking and commenting on this video and other videos. We love hearing from our viewers and welcome any feedback or suggestions that you may have. And finally, just be sure to follow us on social media on all things Panther Pedigree. You can find us at Twitter, again, at Panther Pedigree, on Instagram, at Panther Pedigree. And you just got to search us on Facebook, Panther Pedigree Podcast. So thank you again for listening and keep pounding. This has been a pleasure bringing this to you. And I hope you have a great day.